This is the Kingdom Movement Podcast, a place where we will explore through conversation how discipleship, theology, and community really can transform our world. Hey guys, this is uh, Jake and Paulo here with the Kingdom Movement Podcast, and we have a special guest with us today. <laughs> hey guys, it's Vanessa. <laughs> Vanessa Johnson, my wife, for those of you who have never met us in person, have only listened to the podcast. And today we're talking about the topic of basically what does Kingdom Movement do and why, and kind of the practicality of it. So campus ministry, at least with the Assemblies of God, what we're associated with, uh, started in 1953 at a school called Missouri State. Really close to where I went to university, actually, same town. Um, and is now on over 300 campuses in the U.S. It's in Europe. It's in Asia. And I believe Kingdom Movement is the second, and I believe there's a third starting in Africa. Um, the movement initially started in Africa in the country of Mozambique, where Paul is from. Isn't that right, my brother? Yes. Um, and so basically today we just kind of want to talk about um, why? Why do we do the things that we do, D groups, lectures, worship times, kind of how we format them, um, and just the heart behind them, because they're all intentional. This is something we've talked about with our leaders, but we thought it would be a good subject to bring before you guys as well, so you can maybe understand a little bit more in depth why we do what we do. So, any initial thoughts, guys? Um, Don't okay. all go at once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think... Uh, this is a very exciting thing because for me, when I joined Kingdom Movement in Mozambique, call it what it is, my friend. What's it called in Mozambique? It's called a palavra. So mm-hmm. when I call, when I joined a palavra in Mozambique, uh, it was it was just this new and different thing. I grew up in a church, you know, so I knew how church deal with service and the meetings and all, all the things and just even relationships, you know. Uh, so our joint kingdom movement was just really different thing. There was no one preaching, you know. Where do I have a specific events to preach a palavra in Mozambique? But the meetings, the D groups in, in campus, there was no preaching and everything. And things we do were being done in a very different way. So that's what we are bringing today. Yeah, definitely. I think kind of what you're touching on the meetings, discipleship groups is what we call them here. And what are they called in Mozambique? It, uh, it, it's discipleship. Yeah. Discipleship. I just wanted to hear in Portuguese, my friend. Oh, group with the discipline. Isn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we're very intentional with how we do it. It's not an accident by any means. And maybe, Vanessa, in a moment, you can kind of share some testimonies from girls, what they've... I, I'm giving you a second. That's why I'm prepping you. Uh, as you can see, the discussions are very uh, on the fly. But uh, basically, the discipleship groups are meant to help people learn how to read the Bible for themselves. Um I, obviously, we believe in preaching. We believe that it has its proper place. Um, but discipleship groups are really created um, to be a discussion, right? For people to be able to read the Bible with other people um, for accountability, for growth, for community. Um, most of the scripture, when it was read in the New Testament, was read in community. It wasn't read individually. People didn't own individual books. So the only time they heard scripture was in community. 
Um, so really, it's kind of a modern day thing now that everyone has uh, the ability to own a book, um, that mass printing has been involved, that people actually can have personal time in the Bible. Um, but it's meant to be a tool to help us learn, how do I read the Bible? How do I put it into action? Because that's something all of us need in our lives, right? Um, not just the pastor or the minister. But it really matters that we read scripture and understand it. Do you guys have any cool stories that you feel like uh, was a light bulb moment for students when doing D groups um, using this kind of format? If not, I can start. But No, I think it's just the main thing is people are very happy that they can have their own voice and bring their own perspective and like actually like study what we're reading and like what captures your attention and being able to process those thoughts and like yeah this captures my attention because xyz or just even like when you're reading the scripture like oh this doesn't make sense and being able to present that with everybody else and not have the judgment be like i don't actually know what this means but being able to discuss it with your peers and be like what does this mean and why and it's just really cool i feel like everyone does see the value in it and has uh, grasped it together and it's been really cool to watch yeah and the method is called uh, i I don't know if it's exactly that in, po in English, but in Portuguese it's called Método de Discipleship Method. No, Método de Descoberta, it's like Discovery Method. Oh, Discovery Method, yeah. yep, yep. Yes, yeah. because it has that thing, you know, like, oh, this is very, you know, you start going, you go into the Bible, mm -hmm. and then you just start finding things in there that with the way you, are, you grew up seeing them, it's right. way different, you know. So you're just... Uh, like doing this scavenger hunt, you know, and mm -hmm. finding things. And if it's a big community, mm -hmm. you just start understanding, oh, this person right. brings in this perspective. Yeah. And that person brings I in this perspective. I never thought about that before. Exactly. So cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that is one of the coolest things about reading scripture in a discussion format is there are aspects that uh, other people can bring out of scripture that you've never even thought about. One of the most powerful times is one of our first D groups. Uh, we were reading about anger, right, and reconciliation. And um, basically Jesus is saying, if someone has an issue with you, leave your or gift at the altar and go make it right with that person. And it wasn't, I mean, guys, I've read the Bible since, you know, I was 10 years old. And it wasn't until that discussion in that D group that I really realized that it doesn't say, if you have a problem with somebody, go make it right. It's if that person has a problem with you, go make it right. And it was through that conversation with those guys and that perspective that, uh, you know, I'd been reading that scripture incorrectly, right? Jesus is giving an even greater challenge, right? To go make things right with people who have a problem with you. And I think through discussion, we can discover those things that we never could before, you know? Yeah. Uh, one of the Discovery Bible Method is based on a book called Contagious Disciple Making that we use for our training. And one of the stories that it gives is in the parable of the um, um, prodigal son. Uh, it mentions a famine. And basically the example of the book was they had Western readers do a D group on it and people from like Asia doing a, a reading on it. And no one in the Western group mentioned the famine as an important detail in the parable because in most of the Western world, they don't deal with famine. But in this specific Asian country, famine was an issue. And to them, they believed this was a major part of the narrative that kind of pushed it forward was this idea of famine. And so even within our cultural lenses, um, sometimes we're blind to what the Bible is yeah. trying to say because it doesn't relate to our experience. But people who can relate can bring a new dimension to Scripture. Yeah, and and what you said, is, I, I, I never thought about it this way, but I just like, 
I just realized how it cultural context, you know, can influence the way we see the Bible, you know. Mm-hmm. I've read, I've led groups here with the with exactly mm-hmm. the same verse I've led in Muslim mm-hmm. And you just see like, man, people take it <laughs> the way it's our like this is a new thing, right. you know. I have done in Muslim like three, four times with the same uh-huh. verse, but when I'm coming here, you know, I just started learning all these new perspectives, new way of seeing everything, you know. So I just feel like that's one of the big thing about this method you know of like discovering and one other thing that i've realized like people start with this method people start seeing like oh actually this is a cool thing and i can do this you know i can i can go back home and read and really do this on my own because you have these people most some of them are just new you know they don't know how to read the bible you know and when you do that you just bring this small uh section of the bible and then you read and then you start noting oh what is this bible saying what is this bible teaching me you know and then it just helps the person to to know how to read the bible even if they're home by their by themselves for sure Uh, yeah i think you touch on a really important point too which is d groups are very easily replicable so what I mean by that is it's not complicated once you've been in a D group, yeah, I'd say <laughs> yeah, three or four times. You can even tell the leader if they've forgotten something. Right. Hey, we, we forgot to do prayer requests or we forgot to do challenge or invite a friend. And so really it becomes a, a group effort. And I think that is one of the other strengths about it um, is this idea that it's not based on one person, one personality that can lead the group. Yeah. Um, that leader is really more of a facilitator pushing the conversation forward rather than the conversation maker, right? And that it's all based on scripture. You know, it's not a uh, substitute teaching or supplementary thing. It is literally just, let's read scripture together. Let's see how it can challenge us and then let's put it into practice. But yeah, what are maybe some other aspects that you feel like doesn't just have to be D-group, but some other things that you found that have been really helpful, maybe for you personally or you've seen in students' lives when it comes to what we do. I think, oh, no, you go ahead. No, I was just, because I just realized that we started talking about the, the, the groups and the, the discover method, but mm-hmm. we didn't talk like kind of structurally, you know, how, how that works, you know, so maybe you can share your thought first, yeah. How it goes? N- no, share your thought yeah, and then maybe then we'll go into the structure, yeah. Oh, uh, I was just going to say how like the challenges has really been um, impactful for people. There's a lot of people that are like, oh, I wish I implemented this sooner. Like in my reading with the word, like I read it and then didn't do anything with it, but the word is active, right? And are we taking action in our faith and how can we implement these things? And so these are just the challenges that we do each week at the end of the D groups are really helpful in people and in, in myself a lot, like mm-hmm. transformational, like to be able to take the word and apply it yeah. as it should be, right? Yeah, and I think something that is just nice when it's a continual community thing, because I think with preaching, there's obviously um, a challenge at the end of most messages, Mm -hmm. right? But the problem is there's no accountability system put in place Mm -hmm. to follow up with that. Most of the time there isn't. I won't say that there aren't churches doing that well, Mm -hmm. but most of the time it's left up to you personally to actually follow up with what you feel like you're supposed to do. Whereas in the D group, it really is in a loving way. The community is there to, to encourage you yeah. to say, hey, you know, try again if you didn't do it. Um, and I think in that way, it really, really is helpful because it creates a culture of like, yeah, let's do this together. Like, I'm not alone in my challenge. Um, and I also know that there's going to be people who 
want me to succeed, that want me to do this. And I think that's much more motivating than just being like, well, I know I'm supposed to do this. I better do it. But there's no one to say or no one even knows if I didn't do it. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, let's maybe talk about break down a D group and the structure a little bit, why each step matters. So normally we open up with this idea of how was your week, right? What are the highlights? What are the negatives? Um, And we usually uh, like to use the negatives as a lead into prayer requests because obviously that is a natural transition. Mm -hmm. But I think what's really cool is the highlights because a lot of times we don't get to share the testimonies of our lives. You know what I mean? And we'll hear these testimonies sometimes and be like, bro, that actually happened, Mm -hmm. you know? And it can be really, really encouraging um, because a lot of times we don't recognize or we just don't hear what God is doing, even if he is moving, right? And taking that testimony time is a great way. But the next step is kind of prayer requests. Maybe one of you two can touch on that and maybe the importance, if you're willing. Okay. So, yeah, uh, after people share, like, they were going through and good things, and the positive, and then they share the negative. So we, we, we want to show the person, you know, we want to care about. Mm-hmm. Because it, they, at the end of the day, this is a family, you know, where we care about one another right. and the problems that they're going through, you know. So when... <laughs> When we, uh, when we have the prayer request, you know, it's this way of like, hey, we really care about you and we want to pray. Uh, we want to present everything as a family, everything that you are going through uh, to God. So, so, yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's great. And I think praying for each other, knowing that there are people praying for you consistently, like you're saying, really, really does mean yeah. something. You know that you have a family that is going to care about these mm-hmm. things. Maybe you don't have an outlet where you know that there are people continually praying for you, but it's a really, really nice step. Uh, normally, after that, we if we've had a group before, we follow up with the challenges. It's good accountability, right. um, and you've kind of touched on that. It just helps us recognize. How did you, you know? do last week? Yeah. yeah. Maybe how, did, how can we adjust your challenge if you didn't do so well? Like, or Did you actually make it attainable? Like, Can we work on it together? That kind of thing. Yeah. And then next, we usually go into the scripture reading. And what I really like is that we do choose to read in two different versions. So it gives two different perspectives. Maybe someone discovers a version of the Bible they never heard before and they really like it. And um, so I think that's really helpful. And then the summary, maybe, Paul, you can explain a little bit about the summary, why it's important. Yeah, oh, man. That's a very <laughs> tricky, tricky. Yeah, yeah, it's, Everyone's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a very tricky tricky uh, part uh-huh. with the summer but what we do after someone reads the, the verse um, that we we would be talking about we ask someone to summarize the verse to kind of like put the the, the, the verse in a very simple way you know so that everyone can understand so we normally say how would you tell this to a kid mm-hmm. so just kind of retelling the story but in in a very different way and that's when uh, sometimes a little bit of how the culture, you know, would see it, mm-hmm. kind of yeah. bring in, you know, so that people can easily understand. Mm-hmm. And so it's not you sharing what you think, mm-hmm. but you kind of translating yeah. Yeah. the story. Yeah, and it's great insight into even what the person is thinking, how they see the scripture, what the story's saying. And it gives room for correction too, if there's mm-hmm. something put in there that's not. But then next is kind of uh, the next two steps are really kind of the the golden zone, I would say, which is mm-hmm. basically people share what they feel like the scripture is saying. Um, and this is really the time where discussion takes place. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, as the facilitator, you try and ask the right questions. If it cause sometimes the groups do get stuck, they don't necessarily yeah. know where to go. Yeah. Um, and so it's a great discussion time, though, to really dive into what is the scripture saying mm-hmm. to me? What's it saying to you and how? 
how does that impact what we're going to do next? And that leads into what we've been saying all along, the challenges, which is really the whole point, Mm -hmm. is to put this into action, to put it into practice of our lives, because like Jesus says, be doers of the word, not just hearers. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the only way we can build our lives on his way, right? We're we're people of the way. and that's what the early church was called because they were people who practiced the life of Jesus because they believed it was the only life that was really worth living. Mm-hmm. So we want to be those kind of people. And then at the end, we usually always encourage people to invite um, and then as well as think of um, basically one person they can share this with. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the outward reaching. So kind of our three core values, worship, family, mission, are all being touched there, right? Because this idea of worship, gathering together, reading God's word, wanting to grow— mm-hmm. Uh, is being fulfilled. Uh, Family, we're doing this in community. We're not doing it alone. And then mission, we're not just thinking about who's in the group, but who else can experience what we're discussing. And so we really, really love D groups because they touch on those core values, right? They bring everything kind of into fruition. But that's not the only thing that we do. Um, There are other activities, and maybe you guys can uh, discuss one or two of those that you feel like has been fruitful and why you feel like they kind of fit into that core DNA. So maybe to give you a refresher, there's lectures, there's hangouts, uh, and there's worship times as well. All right. Um, like worship times are obviously important. Um, and for us to be together while we worship is really powerful, like to be in community while worshiping the one we're all chasing after, right? And I think it's an encouraging time for a lot of people, including myself, and it's a highlight for sure every semester. I love getting together with everybody and worshiping and it's yeah every time it's so powerful yeah and there is the fun uh meetings mm-hmm. and i feel like that's that those meetings play a really good role in the sense of just the family you know mm-hmm. just coming bringing all these people from different campus mm-hmm. together and, and to just be there and you know, just have fun right. play games and ever and all these things you know just for people to just realize that it's not only to go then and you just right. learn the Bible and you go, but mm. it's a community yeah. where we can all together sit down and mm. eat exactly what the, the first church did. You know, yeah. they sat down, they ate together, yeah. they had these meetings and they had fun together. Yeah. So we're doing exactly that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's vital to say that we're family means that we're that's all aspects. All yeah. Like it's not just, let's do all the super serious churchy stuff, which I think, um, in, quite honestly, that's maybe the challenge that some churches have here is getting through that hurdle of like, how do we become a real community mm-hmm. together? Not just, you know, people who love Jesus, because obviously mm-hmm. uh, churches are full of people who love Jesus, but how do we become that redeemed family that yeah. the Bible's talking about? Um, and so we have to be creative, you know, we have to, you know, be intentional about the culture that we're creating by the things that we do. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, I, we've been tooting our own horn a little bit maybe, but I do want to talk about maybe some of the challenges that we face when it comes to the discovery method or the method that we use. Um, and if there have been any challenges that you guys have run into while using it or maybe difficulties, um, I, maybe I can start first to give the example. But I think at times it can be hard to get people to think as a disciple maker mm-hmm. because really the whole discovery method is about training people to become followers of Jesus who create followers of Jesus, right? And I think a lot of people um, believe or think that to be a disciple maker is a ministerial professional role Mm -hmm. rather than a role every person is called to be in. 
Um, and so I think it is a challenge to get people to rethink, rediscover what it means to follow Jesus. Do you guys feel like that's been true in your experience? Yeah. Nice. Definitely. Yeah. I think, is there any other challenges you guys can think of? I know I'm putting you on the spot with this question, but. Um, I think maybe getting outside of thinking about self, like mm. how, like the part where it says, who can we share this with? Or, um, yeah, so just being able to bring other people into it and part of the disciple thing, like who, who can I tell about this and who can I invite? Because obviously this is important to me. And I want somebody else to experience this family that I'm experiencing. Oh, that's good. I think we, we've talked about this as well together. The idea of taking the challenge or taking what the scriptures is saying and not just saying they, them, mm-hmm. uh, but really me. How does this challenge me? Because yeah. scripture should be challenging us before yeah. it challenges the quote-unquote they and thems, yeah. right? Because it's easy to deflect that way. Yeah, because people do, people this, people that. Yeah. No, but like how, how me, what about yeah. me? Yeah, yeah, and one other big challenge I think it's the 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 practical step, you know, mm. and just finding something um, you can practice during that week according to what you've learned. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that that's has been one of the big challenge. But it's a big challenge. But the good thing is once the person you know overcome the challenge and find something really practical, right. you know, they come back like, oh, right. I did this <laughs> thing and it really happened uh-huh. and it changed my life and everything, you yeah. know. Yeah. So, yeah, because one of the things that we're trying, we try to do when we find, when we we're, we're, give, we're challenging, um, we're challenging ourselves mm-hmm. is to make it practical, but also you make it measurable in the sense that at the end of the week, you will look back and see how that challenge change your life or impact your life you know and sometimes to make it measurable it's hard because people mm-hmm. say like, ah, I'll pray more you know yeah, yeah, yeah. at the end of the week how will you <laughs> see that yeah. oh, I prayed more you know yeah, so yeah. you have to kind of sometimes put number you know yeah. and to kind of make it practical so it mm-hmm. comes at the end of the week like oh yes I spent this time and I started with this time and then it just suddenly get good yeah. good I increase the time I couldn't uh, it was hard in the beginning, but now it's yep. created a habit. I made it a yep. priority and I see that in my life. Yeah, exactly. And I think that is one of the key things is how do we create the habits to become the kind of people that Jesus mm-hmm. has called us to be? Because there are moments that are catalysts in our lives that can wake us up or shake mm-hmm. us free of maybe the um, apathy that we've had towards our faith yeah. or no faith at all and god encounters this kind of like the the paul on the road right it's a blinding dramatic shocking moment but then what do we do after that right because paul had to take everything that god had been revealing to him and everything that he knew prior and contextualize it into who am i now in christ right um and i think this is how we do it right one step at a time it's the becoming the person that doesn't just go from I never read my Bible to I read my Bible for an hour, but mm-hmm. I become the person who reads my Bible for five minutes, yeah. and then that seems really tiny, so I'm going to do it for 10, and then yeah. 30, and then you look back in your life two years later, and you're a different person, right? Yeah. And it didn't seem like that in the small moments, but it was the, the willingness and the determinedness to put it into practice that really transforms your life. And I think even in the small time we've been here in Botswana, we've seen that in students, yeah. right? Them go from really maybe not even wanting anything to do with God, to saying, God, who are you? I want to know more of you. Yeah. They may not be 
you know, fully all in yet, but they're at a place where they weren't before. Yeah, they were hungry. Or I remember a young man in one of our groups saying, like, I've started to read my Bible and I have peace. Like, I haven't, none of my circumstances have changed, but the presence of God is with me now. And I think that's what it's all about for us. That's what we want people to discover Mm -hmm. for themselves. Nice. Any final thoughts, guys, before we uh, wrap up? Or do you feel like we've we've covered it, at least the, the basics of kingdom movement? I think we've covered it, but I really have enjoyed these last few, two semesters that we've been with everybody and just like the perspective and everything that we've learned from everybody and just seeing the growth, even in myself and others and just the people seeing the value and just really becoming a family. Uh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a unique experience for me too. I, you know, coming, leaving your country for the first time and coming yeah. in a different country, you know, and, and discipling these people, you know, and just seeing people grow and then you change too, you know, because yeah. it's not like we just go there and just say, hey, this, 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 but also that comes and affects us, you know, yeah. and then you too start changing, you know, it's just, mm. it's just this amazing yeah. thing to see. And then you become a family because you just feel like you are all growing up yes. together, you know, and getting closer to God. So for so me, that's, cool. yeah, a global family too, right? Yeah. I think about it and it just, you know, kind of puts me in awe to think within our movement within the last you know school year we have people from the states we have people from mozambique swaziland zimbabwe botswana it, we were doing our band practice uh, a few months back for the the worship night that we had and we realized that every single person on the band was from a different country yeah. you know what i mean and it's like this really is a global family that the seeds that god are, is planting now who knows how far it can spread mm-hmm. we we maybe sometimes minimize what God is doing in kind of the ordinary or mundane tasks, but what God is doing is planting people throughout the globe that uh, are creating this kind of family together. And I think that's really what it's all about, becoming the family of God on the mission to see his redemptive purposes, right, on the university campus. And we need it. We really do. But um, thank you, Vanessa, for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we always love having you here, especially me. Much love. (laughs) I'm just trying to embarrass her at this point, guys. Um, But thanks for listening. Um, Tune in for next week's or next episode. I don't know what will be next week. but um, (laughs) And we thank you guys for all the support so far. And We love you. Yeah. Yeah, we love you. Tune in next time. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone, this is just a brief reminder that if you've had a question come up from this discussion or you just have a question in general that you want to ask us on the podcast, uh, now is the time to do it. We want to make sure that we get these questions in for the end of the season Q&R and we cannot wait to hear your guys' questions, to read them, and to be able to respond. But we can't do that unless you send them to us. So make sure if you're a part of Kingdom Movement already, you can personally message us your question or you can send them via our Instagram and we will make sure to read those and hopefully we will answer your question on the season finale question and answer uh, question and response episode. All right. Thanks, guys.